0: Today, you're gonna learn seven secrets to desire in a long-term relationship. Welcome to the Dr. Wyatt Show. We're developing a long-lasting, successful marriage is the status symbol to achieve, and following my tools is one path to get you there. I'm your host, Dr. Wyatt Fisher, a licensed psychologist specializing in couples counseling. So maintaining desire over the long-term is the goal for everyone in a relationship. Maintaining desire, how do we do it? Well, let's jump in. The first step in maintaining desire in a long-term relationship is healing resentments. I've said it before and I'll say it again, long-term relationships almost always have resentments. I've seen couples who are engaged who have resentments, couples who are still dating and they have resentments, and definitely couples who are married over any significant amount of time have resentments. And why is that? It's because we're imperfect our partner is imperfect, and we rub shoulders with each other day in and day out, and inevitably needs are not going to be met. Feelings are going to get hurt, but we're not trained on what to do in those moments, so often we stuff it down, we harbor resentment, we get bitter, or we blow up, or we detach, we get passive-aggressive. All these unhealthy things happen when we have unhealed resentments, and when you have resentment, it's like putting water on the fire. It's going to kill the fire in your relationship it's going to kill desire it's hard to have sex with someone you resent it's hard to go on dates with someone you resent therefore the first thing you have to do to maintain desire in a long-term relationship is heal your resentments this is why all couples i see in my practice first thing we do is i have them make a list of all their categories of resentment some common categories might be parenting finances emotional intimacy sexual intimacy, uneven workload, in-laws, sharing power, the list goes on and on. When you're married to someone or you're in a long-term relationship, there's so many categories where resentment can come in. And most couples sweep it under the rug and because of that, it creates walls. Creates walls between you and your partner so you don't feel close anymore. It kills desire. So if you wanna maintain desire, Constantly keep an eye on your resentments. Number two, avoid negative labels. When you're in the cold, harsh winter in your relationship, and winter is where your needs are not being met, you have a lot of unhealed resentments, that's winter. It's a horrible place to be. What happens a lot of time for couples is they start labeling their partner. They'll start putting names on their partner. They'll start diagnosing their partner. And I see this with a lot of couples I work with, and I know they're in trouble when they start labeling their partner, such as they're narcissistic, or they're constantly manipulating me, or they're always ghosting me. All of those labels is assuming negative intent in their partner. Sometimes it might be true, but a lot of times it's not true. But it's partly understandable, because as humans, we try to make sense of situations. We always want to understand why. Why would someone do such a thing? Why would they behave such a way? So part of it is our human impulse. We're trying to understand the why. We're trying to make sense of things, but we take it too far and we start putting negative labels on our partner, which often are exaggerated or we're assuming the worst in their intent. And when we start labeling our partner, then we start feeling even more negative toward them. We start casting them in this negative light, that they're a villain, that there's nothing good in their heart. And when you start crossing the line and labeling your partner in that way, it becomes harder and harder to rebound, to think of them as a good person, to retract that negative interpretation that you've been fostering and festering in your mind. And I can relate to this. When my wife and I were in the thick of winter and we were not getting along, Our needs were not being met. We had a lot of unresolved resentments. We were in that season for a while. And I can remember diagnosing my wife and her diagnosing me. We were both labeling each other. I would label her. She would label me. And all those labels and diagnoses did no one any good. It just made things worse. So instead of labeling your partner, just describe the behavior. This is what they do but don't put a name to it, don't label it, because then that assumes the worst in their intent. Number three, increase praise. If you wanna maintain desire for the long haul in your relationship, promote praise, increase praise. Most of us don't praise our partner because we're much better at looking at what they did wrong. We're much better at looking at how they could improve. That's just our human nature. We wanna critique. We wanna see how they could get to be even better as a partner. But if you wanna maintain desire, you have to increase praise. I read a study once that showed over 20,000 couples. The couples that did the best through hard times were the couples who praised the most. How often do you praise your partner? How often do you tell them what you're appreciative of? How much do you tell them what you love about them? Most of us don't do that. We don't do it very often. And instead we critique, we complain, we bring up negative things and it tears our partner down and they tear us down so you need to increase praise increase appreciation increase comments and commentary on all the things you love about your partner number four and this may seem surprising increase complaints now you may be thinking why would that be an element to maintain desire i'll tell you why if you're not opening up about the negative things you're feeling with your partner day to day it's going to boil over it's going to create conflict you're going to blindside them or they're going to blindside you which is going to create conflict you're going to stuff it down and so we don't need and we don't want to hold on to the negatives when your partner hurts your feelings or they offend you or they frustrate you what do you do with those feelings a lot of us stuff it down and if unchecked those are what develop into resentments So if we wanna prevent ourselves from developing resentment in the first place, we need to get better at making complaints. We need to get better at sharing constructive feedback. But how do you do that? One way you do that is with my tool, The Bullseye Question. The Bullseye Question is where once a day, you ask each other, what's one thing I did right today, and what's one thing I could have done better? And then when you get that feedback, you can clarify if you're confused, but then all you're allowed to say in response is, thank you for the feedback. Then you take that feedback on your own and you mull it over and you look for the kernel of truth. How can I get better at this? What's the part of this that's legit? What's the sliver in this that I know I'm guilty of, that I could improve in? You're in control of that process. And because you're in control of deciding that, your defense walls stay low and your internal motivation stays high. For more training on my tools, such as the bullseye question, join my bootcamp, the marriage bootcamp. If you're not already a member, you're missing out. In the marriage bootcamp, you'll gain access to all of my best resources. There's a community in there so you can ask questions of other couples facing similar challenges. I join the bootcamp once a week for live Q and A. I provide training, live training on the tools. And the Bootcamp is a wonderful resource, especially because it's so affordable. It's only $49 a month per couple. So if you want to learn more about that, be sure to go to my website and you can check on Bootcamp, Marriage Bootcamp. My website's drwyattfisher.com. You also can check the link in the description. Okay, number five is prioritize emotional closeness. How close do you feel to your partner? Do they know your inner world? Do you know their inner world? How often do you sit down and just share about your days? How often do you prioritize emotional closeness? How often do you open up and talk about your highs, your lows, your stressors, what you're excited about? How often do you volunteer that information? How often do you ask your partner questions about that? Most couples, it's few and far between. Most couples get into a rut where they don't prioritize emotional closeness and when they do talk, It's all about logistics. Who's picking up Johnny after school today? What time are we gonna have breakfast tomorrow morning? What time should we have dinner this weekend? What are the plans for Friday night? It's all logistics. It's not about what's really going on for each partner in their heart. And part of the goal to maintain desire for long-term relationships is you have to stay emotionally connected because we're all continually evolving. What's going on inside of us is continually changing, and if we don't have a method to stay updated, we're gonna get outdated. And one of the worst things is to feel like, my partner really doesn't know who I am. They don't know what's going on within me. They don't know how I'm feeling. They don't know what I'm going through. That's a really lonely feeling. Isn't it interesting that you can be married to someone who is supposed to be your partner and still feel lonely? How lonely do you feel? How lonely does your partner feel? It's a very sobering question. And so therefore, if you wanna maintain desire in a long-term relationship, you have to prioritize emotional intimacy. And I have a tool for this called the Head Heart Check. If you wanna learn more about that? Join my marriage boot camp. Number six is you have to have dates. Remember when you were dating and courting, all you did was have dates probably several dates a week. You probably continually were dating one another. And depending on your life stage, you may not be able to have multiple dates throughout the week. It's ideal to have two, if you can, that are two hours to four hours. Some people may wanna combine that to just one date a week for four hours. But it depends on your life stage, what you're able to do. But the behavior you had when you were dating is why you fell in love. But once we're together for a while, We stopped doing the very behaviors that made us fall in love, which is dating. You need to bring back dating in your marriage. You need to bring back dating to your relationship. So, you want to have this quality time together. You want to prioritize these dates. My wife and I have recently revamped our dates. We were doing two dates a week for two hours each one on Monday, one on Thursday. But what we found with those short dates, it was not quite enough time to really do something, to really enjoy ourselves, because we felt like we had to kind of rush. So we've recently changed our dates to once a week for four hours, and that has been a game changer for us. We just did one today. And for our date today, we went hiking, we went out to breakfast, we did a fun questionnaire, uh, questions on how well you know your partner. We, we did all sorts of fun things during our date. And when you have dates, you start feeling more positive toward your partner, you start feeling more connected, you start feeling more close with them because you're having these memories together. You're having adventures together. So if you're not dating your partner, make time for it. Try to do it during the day if you can while your kids are in school so you don't have to pay for a babysitter. Carve out time to date. Stop making the excuse you don't have time. Look at all the things you make time for. Your social media browsing, all the shows you watch at night, time with your friends, golfing. You probably have the time. You're just not prioritizing it for your marriage, and if you want to maintain desire in a relationship, you have to prioritize dates. Number seven: you have to have regular sex with your partner to maintain desire over the long haul. So many couples stop having sex, or they have it more and more irregularly. Now, to clarify, think about the wedding cake model. If you've read my book or you've gone to my conference, you've learned about the wedding cake model. What the wedding cake model says is if you wanna have a better sex life, you have to first heal resentments. When those are healed up, then you go to the next rung on the pyramid, which is building your friendship. That's where you increase affection, you increase emotional intimacy, you start having dates. When that's going well, you go to the next tier on the pyramid and that's when you start having sensual activity, cuddling, sensual massage, bath, When that's going well, you move up to the sexual tier, which is the top of the pyramid, and that's where after your sensual activity, if you're both open to sexual contact, you move up to that top tier and have some level of sexual contact, and that defers to the low libido partner so they can pick and choose what they're open to. That brings voice and choice back to the bedroom. Often low libido partners are under obligation sex, and that kills their libido even further. Obligation sex is a no-no. However, if you're low libido, you gotta buy into the value of sexual contact. You have to buy into how it's gonna nurture closeness with your partner. It's healthy for the marriage. So as a baseline, you wanna strive towards sexual contact once a week. That should be a baseline because when you have sexual contact once a week on some level, it's gonna supercharge everything else. It's gonna motivate the high libido partner to be more affectionate. To want to have more quality time, to want to nurture emotional intimacy. And that's going to make the low libido partner more open to that sexual contact once a week. And so it creates a positive feedback loop, positive synergy, a spirit of generosity. So that might be you. You may not be prioritizing sex. Maybe you're not ready for sex because the previous tiers on that pyramid are not in place. Get those in place first and then buy into the value of sex and then pick and choose what type of sexual contact you wanna have, but prioritize it at least once a week. I've created a worksheet for you. It's a free worksheet with all these seven tips so that you and your partner can discuss these seven things. You can see which ones you need to improve in. To access that worksheet, go to my website, drwyattfisher.com forward slash pages, forward slash freebies, and I'll also include a link to it in the description. Thank you for listening to the Dr. White Show podcast. If you enjoyed the episode today, be sure to leave a comment or a review. And the best way to say thank you if you've appreciated the podcast today is pay it forward by sending this to one other person. Text it to them right now if you wouldn't mind. That's a great way to pay it forward. And remember, your marriage is alive. If you care for it and nurture it, it will grow. But if you deprive it and neglect it, it will wilt and die. The choice is up to you. Take care.